Welcome into episode number nine of the Todd Pod. I am Todd Lisenby, your host, joined today by the great John Ham. Sorry, ladies, not the actor. It's that John Ham, Thunder Insider John Ham. And John, first off, show off the shirt to everybody today. I love the shirt. Yeah, and for those of you listening on the uh, on the audio podcast, this is a Mikhail Bird '86 T-shirt. Uh, right. I decided to treat myself a little bit, and uh, I, I, I like to get some uh, some little quirky uh, sports related shirts here and there. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, they just don't make a lot of them in my size, but I'm working on that, Mom and Dad. If you're listening, um, so and it is. Listen, as we're recording this, it was cooler temperatures today, John. A lot of people say it mm-hmm. feels like football outside, but look, I've got the quarter zip on. I'm repping UCO basketball today. It is basketball season right around the corner. Today's basketball weather just as much as it is football weather, and we got just a little mm-hmm. taste the last couple of weeks with the FIBA World Championships. Didn't go good if you're an American, uh, but just kind of what was your takeaway from the FIBA World Championships? The the big thing for the U.S. is this is kind of the new normal, I think. Whenever the U.S. sends its best players, they're going to be in pole position to win the whole thing. Um, But the world is a lot better at basketball. And when, you know, the U.S. sends their – I keep hearing like they sent their B team. They sent like their C- minus team, okay? And that's no offense to the – Yeah. To to the professional players that were on this team. yeah, this was the JVB team, basically, is what it yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, again, perfectly talented guys. And, you know, if, if a few bounces go differently, I mean, it's not like that they got totally annihilated in this tournament. Um, but still, you know, the, the rest of the world is in position to go out and, and win these things. And so um, it, it feels like we're kind of at the point because you're not going to get – I think these multi-year commitments from the mega stars like you could in the past. Uh, maybe that'll change as, as like the era changes from the LeBron, KD uh, group of players to to a new you know batch of kids that are coming in. But you know it feels like now the world the World Cup is about like just get qualified for the Olympics and then the stars will show up whenever they have the Olympics. So for Thunder players that played in the FIBA World Championship, do you come out of that event thinking any better or any worse about any of them? Did your opinions change on any Thunder players with how they performed? I I don't know if my opinion shifted. To me, it was more validating, I think, with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And again, we can go over, he was you know an all-star last year for the first time. He was first team All-NBA. And some people have a valid point when they're like, well, if Devin Booker had been healthy, if Damian Lillard had been healthy and it qualified, um, maybe one of those guys makes first team. And then maybe that bumps Shea down, whatever the case may be. It, it just sort of reinforced what he did, you know, playing in this in this FIBA tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, again, he's had a lot of experience the past couple of years being the focal point and having multiple defenders thrown at him. And so maybe that was beneficial <laughs> in his in his run with Canada. And so you know, that was my big takeaway there. It's like, OK, last year was real. And, and I think there's more improvement with him to come. And obviously, that's the big one. Uh, Josh Giddy had his moments as well, uh, had the ball a lot in Australia. And for both of these guys, I think being in you know, games that that really mattered, which is something that they haven't had a whole lot of. I mean, they had two games last season, really, that were, man, you got to win these things, right? But now they, they've experienced that, and hopefully that's something that's going to carry over for them. 
So as we have, I mean, gosh, John, well, we got a month before players go to camp. I mean, this always yeah, creeps up on us when football season gets here. Yeah, a month till they go to camp, about a month and a half until the preseason and the season gets going. And as we kind of roll into that, for what little is left of the offseason, what to you is the biggest storyline for the Thunder right now? You know, the biggest storyline for OKC is is going to be just that continued improvement. And a, a story idea that I've that I've kind of had that I've started to work on a little bit is, you know, OKC came into the offseason with a lot of cap space and a lot of people kind of got fired up about the possibilities on, you know, making some kind of a significant move. And OKC instead chose to you know, collect more draft pick assets using that cap space. But, you know, Davis Bertans may you know, come in helpful here and there. Um, but, you know, otherwise they, they were, you know, they were not moves that were going to shake up like an eight man rotation. But the fact that they are banking on these young guys, that they are banking on, you know, J-Dub taking a step forward, Josh Giddy taking a step forward, who again, he's, you know, these guys are so young. And then you're throwing Chet Holmgren in there. Um you know, yes, I, I can understand where some people thought maybe go out and get a big, you know, impact guy or, or you, even a guy like, you know, hypothetically, go get a Jeremy Grant. But the thing right. is, like the Jeremy Grant is taking 20 possessions that would go to other guys that really need it that are going to take you further down the road. Right. So it's it's going to be about, again, letting these guys continue to get some chemistry, grow and develop. And, and that is going to be potentially what improves the team more than like bringing in outside help. I think. When do you think the Thunder do pull the trigger? Because at some point you can't keep all these draft picks, right? I mean, you just can't keep kicking the can down the road. You got to make a move at some point. And I guess also kind of as a part B to that question, how much do you think the new CBA plays into that? As far as when, um, you know, I, I think the Thunder still need to see, what do they have now? And when we talk about you know pulling the trigger, so to speak, um, automatically people start thinking about the big name, the impact players, the major all stars. What if they don't have to do that? What if they've already got enough of those guys on hand to where they don't have to make that move? Um, but even if you go back to you know Thunder U 1.0, it just took a while before it was like okay. Jeff Green is probably not the cleanest fit here. Man, Serge Ibaka, uh, this guy's really impressive. And, you know, turns out that Byron Mullins and and Cole Aldridge are probably not the answer in the middle. And, you know, all of these factors came together to lead to making a trade for Kendrick Perkins. And so that's where OKC, they need to find out, like, what do they have? If they have all the ingredients already, then they're set. But I think they still need to figure out what that is rather than I, I know people out there are making assumptions you know, they need a legitimate big man. The Thunder may find out they need that, but I think they'll want to try what they have right now. And so if they have a great deal of success with, with what they have, there you go. If they're like, okay, we like what we have, but we really need to shore up some area. We're starting to get to the point to where they could start to do that. And then you brought up, you know, the the next collective bargaining agreement. You know, OKC could run into a problem in a few years, and that is if... You know, again, if along with Shea, you have, you know, Giddy and Chet and J-Dub that really take off and suddenly become, you know, potentially max contract or near max type guys, OKC could run into a problem a few years down the road. But, you know, that I don't think that would preclude them necessarily, you know, from going out and, and making an addition, you know, again, not a max guy, but a, but a big impact guy if they needed to within the next year or two. 
So when the Thunder, especially when they drafted Kason, 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 K, I don't know how to C Wallace, Kason, just C. I, yeah, when they drafted <laughs> Wallace this last year, I think everyone just kind of said, "Okay, Lou Dort's going to get traded." It's pretty obvious. When you look at the Thunder salary cap situation, John, is it pretty obvious that Lou Dort's going to get traded, or is there a road forward where he is a guy that stays long term in Oklahoma City? Now it, it's not obvious. Now the one thing that you know Lou Dort is with a you know a salary of between fifteen to seventeen million. I mean that's that that's a good chunk of salary if you're going to go make an impact move to put into a trade potentially. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of people sort of gravitated towards oh they just drafted another Lou Dort. Uh, Wallace, a I, I mean has he. There's more time needed before he can get on that level. Um, and I think he offers more uh, offensive ability than Lou Dort does. So it's not a carbon copy. This is this is not like when, you know, Miami's rolling through the playoffs, just rotating in Duncan Robinson and Max Struess. You can't tell one from the other. I don't think it's necessarily that. Um, you know, but it is just another uh, another player to throw into the mix there that – if they did decide that they needed to make a deal involving Lou Dort, then they have someone else in the pipeline to pick up some of that slack that may be a little more versatile. So, um, again, it's just a whole lot more that this team is going to learn about itself. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if there is a big trade to be made, you know, that's where Dort's salary could potentially come into play if they get to that point. So realistically for the Thunder, you know, assuming health, because that's always a big assumption and we okay. saw, you know, all over the league last year, how much injuries can affect things. But assuming the Thunder stay healthy, relatively healthy, they have the normal amount of NBA injuries. How realistic is it to think that the Thunder are going to all of a sudden improve five, ten games in a Western Conference where at the top of the conference, wins are hard to come by? Yeah, and this is where you can go back and, again, look at Thunder U 1.0, and, and it's not quite the same because, you know, at the top of the Western Conference right now, I think so. you could solidly put Denver in there. I don't think they're going anywhere, again, barring something drastic that we don't want to see happen to Nikola Jokic. Uh, we see Phoenix there as, as a possibility. And again, if they stay relatively healthy, they should be talented enough. I question their depth, but you know that's more of a playoff question than a regular season question, I think. You know, the Clippers, the Lakers, I, all these teams have question marks, right? Sacramento was a great story last season. Um but can they sustain that? Can they, you know, was that a one-year fluke? I mean, we've seen, you know, teams that sort of pop up and then go away like that. Um, and so the Warriors you know, are another one. Are they getting old yeah. now? Are we, are we on the back end of the Warriors run? Yeah, we are. And I think this is also a team that's sort of like, you know what? we're fine if we get in as a six seed. We're not going to kill ourselves during the regular season. Um, we know how to do it. You know, we know how to do the task. Uh, we're, we're just going to kind of coast for the most part and, and try to get to the postseason healthy. Whereas you have a, you know, a younger team. And again, it could be Oklahoma city. It could be a new Orleans. Um, it could even be, you know, Houston, although I don't think they're going to have quite the talent to do this, that is just going to go out and, you know, is just going to outcompete on a lot of nights just because, you know, they're they're young and they're excited. And and so that's where I think, you know, I think OKC has got the talent. I think they have a lot of the, the, the internal drive on the team to go out and improve. And again, last season was was a massive improvement from what people thought. So when you start wanting to put a limit on what this team could do next season, 
you start thinking about what all they're adding and all that internal improvement. And it's not out of the question. Even if the Western Conference is getting tougher, I think some teams are going to eventually just bow out. And I, I think I think it's going to get easier as the season goes on. But, um, you know, again, this is a young team that, that certainly has the capability to take a, a step even further than what they did last season. John, as we kind of move away from wins and losses now and talk about some other things Thunder-related, let's start with a new arena. Uh, that's a big mm-hmm. talking point around the city right now. Um, I mean, you are you are at Thunder Games all the time. You've been at that arena since it opened. You've been to some other arenas around the league. Uh, for those that and, – and I think a lot of people are in this category, John, that they just go to Thunder Games. They've never been to a Rockets game in Houston or – uh, Grizzlies game in Memphis. Just in general, as you've kind of seen it for where you've traveled, how far behind is the Paycom Center right now? And do you think this is something that we see kind of sped up and happening real quickly in Oklahoma City? Yeah, you know, we, obviously, you know, the, the arena can uh, get, can ignite some passion there uh, w- within some people, and, and I understand. Um, but I also thought, you know, as Mayor David Holt has talked about this, I mean, this is something that kind of every 30 years on cue, Oklahoma City has been building a new arena dating back to the Civic Center, going through the Myriad, uh, which will always be the Myriad, in my opinion. I'm never calling it anything different. Um, the incomparable, you know, through, incomparable Myriad. That's right. John, the incomparable Can't compare myriad. it to anything. That's right. And, uh, you know, through the. Well, because no, no other Center. place had a wall missing. No other place had a wall missing while they were hosting the NCAA tournament and the draft was coming in on the court. Only the incomparable myriad, home of the Blazers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then we had, you know, the the Ford Center, now the Paycom Center. And so this is sort of the next evolution of that. And it comes with some sticker shock because, I mean, frankly, Oklahoma City built the the current arena on a budget and uh, Oklahoma City got its money's worth out of this arena and they can still use it. I mean, even money going into it now is going to come in handy, you know, when when they're competing for events in the future. I mean, you know, Todd, I, I envision potentially SEC basketball tournaments, men and women being held in Oklahoma City if there's a new arena right across the street, potentially from the Paycom Center and Big 12. You know, you could have both of these conferences, mm-hmm. thanks to OU and OSU splitting um, to where Oklahoma City gets in play there. So, you know, yeah, the um, the, the current arena, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, Sacramento had uh, had the old Cal Palace. And, you know, it was, it, people reminisced about it because it was it, it was loud and it was old and it was rattly and, you know, some some great times were had there. But eventually it comes down to in order to keep up with the Joneses to a degree and for the NBA to say, yes, we are OK with professional basketball being played in this arena. You got to keep up with it. And it, it's hard for me also to be, you know, completely unbiased with this, because obviously I like having the Thunder in Oklahoma City. I'm going to be the first to admit that. Um, And I see the benefits of that outside of the arena and in downtown. So it's a touchy topic with some, but, you know, Oklahoma City has invested in itself over and over and has has come a long way since the mid-90s. The Thunder have been an accelerant there. And, um, you know, it's, it's paid dividends in my humble opinion. My my opinion on it, John, is I 
I'm just as upset that public funding's being used as anybody. I don't think it's the right way to fund an arena. I also know that sports pull at the heartstrings for a lot of people and it's going to pass. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's going to be publicly funded if that's what they want to happen. But I don't think anyone in their right mind can deny that the Thunder need a new arena if they just want to keep up with the Joneses in the NBA. I mean, that's yeah. pretty obvious even if you don't like how it's going to be funded. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some of the things that I've seen is like, oh, we're, we're just supporting billionaires. Well, you're tweeting from your iPhone. You're, you're supporting multiple billionaires by doing this right, one act, right. you know? Uh, so, so that's not a cause to, to necessarily, you know, to, to, to die on there. Um, yeah. And it, believe me. And plus also I, I live outside of Oklahoma city. I can't even vote on this thing. Right. So, right, you know, we, right. what does it really Same matter? Me, what, yeah. We, yeah. But um, you know, this, it, it always gets framed as like an either or, and believe me, if I go to a ballot box tomorrow and says, would you like to check a box? Would you like to fund an arena that a you know a sports team is going to play in or fund education? I'm checking the bottom box. Don't get me wrong. Um, but th- it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Right. And there are ways to go, you know, get funding and, and push through, you know, for these other causes out there, which are very worthy. And. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, it's it's a less than ideal way to fund these things. But if Oklahoma City puts its foot down, the reality is there's a number of cities out there that are not going to do the same. So when I go on Eli Letterman's podcast, he plays this little game with me called uh, on the Letterman jacket, by the way. Subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast, YouTube. He plays this game called Liz In or Liz Out. So I'm going to ask you, I guess this is a ham in or ham out. Okay. Right. Where yeah. is John ham out on the in at on the in season tournament? Are you in on the in season tournament? Or are you out on the in season tournament? Or are you going to be Mr. Politics and say, we're going to wait and see how it goes this year? No, I'm actually in on it. Um, now it's convoluted. Me and too. I think it's something that in a couple of seasons, like it's going to be, we're, we're going to completely get it right. But like, it's new. It's sort of like when they put in new, uh, all-star game rules. And it's like, Oh, this is, there's math involved. And I don't know, there's, there's a number you got to reach. This is complicated. Right. But then when we get into the tournament, I think it's going to be pretty neat. I, I think it will. I think it'll bring just a, a little something extra to some of those otherwise mundane games early in the season. And, you know, if the thunder happened to make it to the final four in Vegas, I mean, I think there's going to be people to get legitimately excited about this. So I, it's easy to kind of crap on the idea right now. I think this is something that has the potential to build up over a few years and, and be something that fans get, get a little fired up about. Well, after the last few years in Norman and Stillwater, the only final four chance for this state is in Vegas in the NBA in season tournament. Yeah, so yeah, there's that. Uh, you, you better enjoy it. If, <laughs> yeah, you better enjoy it if you're a basketball fan in Oklahoma. I, actually, you know what? I lied. The UCO basketball Broncos have a chance this year. Uh, but no, that's I, awesome. I'm as we kind of yeah yeah as we kind of look forward to this new year, John, and this uh, new CBA coming in. You're you're the CBA wizard, right? You're the numbers guy, nerd. Uh, but <laughs> as we look to this new CBA coming in, what are what are the things like the new normals that you're going to have to get used to? What are the what are the key words, the phrases that we're going to hear that we need to know? Oh, man, I, I hope you people like aprons and because you're going to hear all about the aprons and and why this is the term. I'm, I'm sure there's some legal reason for it. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but you're going to hear it, there has always been the concept of an apron. And essentially, that is obviously you know, there's a salary cap. 
In the NBA, it's not a hard salary cap like the NFL. There's all sorts of exceptions where teams can go above that salary cap number. And however, if if a team uses certain exceptions, then they do become limited in what they can do. It becomes more and more restrictive. And so there is a there is a first apron and then there's a second apron. And the second apron is really going to be for teams that spend a ton of money. And it's really going to start, you know, if, if you spin into the second apron, you lose access to all kinds of exceptions. Your ability to make trades with other teams is limited. Uh, you know, you're down to signing basically veteran minimum guys. Um, and, and so that is what the NBA has come around to, to, okay, uh, taxing some of these high spending teams over and over, you know, doesn't really get their desired result. Let's take away the team building tools. So you're probably going to hear a lot about that. I'm going to be writing and talking a lot about some of these ramifications because, you know, teams are going to factor this in in every move they do. Um, do they make a move today that is going to restrict them for the remainder of the season? And then, gosh, mm-hmm. uh, we made this move back in November, and then here we are at the trade deadline, and, oh, man, we could have made this trade, but we're hard capped. It's, you know, like all of these right. weird things come into play, right? Um, so I think that's the big one right there. Um the, the other the other kind of big takeaways in this new agreement, you know, teams are incentivized to spend before the season starts. So Oklahoma City a couple of years ago famously were they went the entire season well below the salary cap, opted, said, you know what, we'd rather just pay the guys on the roster instead. Um, th- that has become a lot less appealing in this new agreement. They want teams to spend before the season starts, not carry a bunch of cap space into the season. And so I think you're going to see some trades like we used to see, you know, uh, a, a salary dump where a team got like two first round picks to do that. I think you're going to see that less and less because, you know, that, that kind of leverage is gone. It's going to add some fascinating wrinkles here. And, you know, Todd, like any of these new agreements, we're going to find out like two, three years down the road. How's a team able to exploit this thing? Uh, well, what was the mm-hmm. unintended side effect? And um you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Well, just in general, and it's probably a hard question to answer right now, but do you think in general this is going to lead to stars staying longer, more player movement? Is any of that just obvious just by looking at the cap at the C, or at the CBA, I should say? The, the first read is that it, the league is definitely trying to squelch superstar free agency. Um, I think Again, Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City didn't get anything in return. Uh, you know, and, and that that happened to Cleveland. Uh, that happened on a couple of occasions with LeBron. Right? Um, it 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 really stings uh, when a team can't get something back in exchange. You know, free agents are going to leave. Some players are going to come and go, and sometimes it's just unavoidable. Uh, this past off season, Toronto lost Fred Van Vliet outright to Houston. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're trying to put a structure in place to, you know, allow a team to keep throwing extensions in front of guys that they really want to keep. And then if a player says, I'm not signing that, then it gives the team, you know, sort of a heads up. Are, are we headed down an okay path here? Is, is there a reason why this guy isn't extending? And if he's not going to extend, do we just need to go ahead and, and do a trade and actually recoup something here? And so I think it could really, co- really cut into 
again, superstar free agency. They're going to make it to where you're better off signing the long-term deal and then forcing your way out, which has been, you know, we're seeing it right now with a couple of guys in the league right now. And it's been a trend for a while. It's been, you know, get paid and then figure it out later. Mm -hmm. All right, John, we're going to make this a normal feature when you come on the Todd pod. It's let's talk about that random late 80s, early mid 90s NBA player. That's ah, kind of yes. our wheelhouse. And there were a lot of very <laughs> random guys during that time. So this guy I was thinking of last weekend, and you'll pardon me as I have to look down at my computer for some of this info because I want to make sure that you get this right. And I want people to know, John does not have any previous info on this, right? Like John does not None. know what I'm going to ask him. Todd so, and I don't talk to each other. No, never, never. And I'm dead serious. Like I, the whole point of this is I want to surprise John and I want you to see just how much he knows random eighties and nineties NBA guys. Let's start with a guy <laughs> or, or that how I, was much I do of. not know. <laughs> well, or how much you do not know, but I bet you know about this one. This is a, okay. this is a softball for round one. Someone who I was thinking of on Saturday when I was driving home and listening to the OU broadcast, John Ham, tell us about John Concac. John Concac, uh, otherwise known as John Contract. So the the, the big man from SMU uh, played with the Atlanta Hawks. So his claim to fame is that in night was it eighty eight or eighty nine? I get those years mixed up. Uh, he was a restricted free agent, that, and he eighty nine. 89. He almost single-handedly broke the NBA. Uh, some people would have you say because he signed an offer sheet worth $12 million over six years. No, not $12 million a season, $12 million over six years. Yeah, shocking. And uh, the Hawks batched because they had to have John Concac, a otherwise pedestrian backup. But uh, let's see, Concac, I know he spent time with Golden State. He spent time with Orlando. I don't think he went anywhere else than that. I don't have I don't show him with Golden State, just Atlanta and Orlando. And we're gonna see if you're a real psycho. Can you guess what number John Concac wore? Uh gosh, was it 45? You got it. John <laughs> Ham. The man knows his random 90s NBA players. Uh it's John, crazy. I know that, that I know that we're gonna see a lot of your Thunder stuff uh, at selloutcrowd.com and it I believe it's johnhamsports.com, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, when when uh, when we get a little bit when we get a little bit closer to the season, and I know uh, your buddy Brett Dawson is going to be joining you as well. Uh, we're excited to have you on. Just real quick, tell everybody about what they can expect from you when it comes to coverage this year. Yeah, you know, you talked about Brett a little bit, and I, I think it is kind of important that you know Brett is the capital J journalist. You know, this guy is going to be boots on the ground. Uh, he is going to be, you know, talking to, you know, players and coaches and, you know, in, in order to inform the audience. Right. And, and Brett is a is a tremendous writer. He's a great storyteller. Um, I'm so excited to have his work back on the Thunder Beat. And, you know, me like like that stuff, you know, is is important to a degree. But, you know, again, I, I tend to see things from the top down is how I've explained it. You know, there's uh, just analyzing, you know, how, how the finances impact everything, what transactions are possible, why teams make moves the way they do, um, you know, what's on the horizon potentially. Um, and just sort of analyzing, again, from like up in Cloud City, which is where I always used to sit when I went to Thunder Games, which... Um, for those of you who've been in the arena, there is Loud City, and there's a media section up above that, which we coined uh, Cloud City. So, um, 
you know, a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, analysis kind of from that angle. Uh, I, I will get a little statsy, but the one thing that I that I've tried not to do is just drown in the stats, right? And try to, you know, I, I'm so much smarter than you. Let me show you how, sort of thing. I really tried to find, you know, what I find to be useful information and and, and try to convey it in a way to where people go, oh. Okay, I see what you mean by that, and um, that's kind of where I'm coming from. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I can't wait to get going. It's going to be just it's going to be so much fun, especially with this Thunder team, you know, trending in the direction that it is right now. Well, in, in a world where money just means so much in uh, all of sports, it's good to have you being able to break down some of the NBA rules and regulations when it comes to money for yeah. us. Now, uh, your next step is I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you all the inner workings of the Saudi professional soccer league, which is signing Ronaldo and all of those big stars. Uh, I think you're going to have a few more zeros to work with on that one, John. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I have been like, I have been intrigued by soccer. Like I really want, I really want to get into it. I, I just haven't, I haven't quite like fully like immersed myself in, into how that all works. And so maybe there's an opportunity here for, for a little uh, exchange between uh, the, the, the workings of the two sports. I'll tell you this, uh, especially in this current day of the NBA, there's a lot less scoring in soccer. So you're going to have to get used to that. First of all, Um, it's a lot more like the nineties NBA than it is this NBA. Uh, John, I appreciate you coming on the Todd pod. I look forward to talking to you, not just through uh, this thunder season, but when we get you uh, working on all the contracts for college football conferences and realignment, uh, after oh, the yeah. Thunder season's over next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do I do look forward to talking to you about all the Thunder stuff, uh, not just now, but as we get into the season. Um, and even maybe we might even reminisce on some old 90s OU basketball teams as well. Oh, man. Like that could be its own pod uh, just yes, in and it of could. itself. Yeah. Hey don't, uh, hey, don't get me started. Uh, don't get me started. I've got a bunch of harebrained ideas like that that you might help me make happen. So just, just don't, uh, John, don't I get me started on coming. Brian Salier, man, or I'll just, I won't oh. stop. Brian Salier, Hootie Wiley. What a world. Uh, nice. John, thanks for coming on the Todd Pod. For all of you that listened, that watched, we appreciate you the most. Thanks to Jacqueline Musgrove, our producer. Uh, thanks to Michael Lane. Our uh, creative director, tech, I don't know what his, what, his, what his total title is, but he's smarter than I am. But thanks to him for his help as well, getting this thing up and going. YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast, go like, go subscribe, give us a five-star rating if you can, leave a comment. All that stuff helps. Most of all, tell your friends, and don't forget to come back for the next episode of The Todd Pod. Mm-hmm.